0: 17 minutes it is now before the uh, top of the hour. And we shift our attention uh, to our Thought Leader Thursday. And uh, today, uh, our Thought Leader is someone who's uh, very close to the action in the property sector. He joins us now on the line. His name is Dr. Sirise Musineke. And uh, he's the uh, new chairman of the Property uh, Sector Charter Council. Not so new because, I mean, he came into this role, uh, I think, a few months ago. But uh, he now joins me on the line. And uh, good evening to you, Dr. Musineke. Good evening to you, Dr. Museneke, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. No problem, sir, and
1: good evening to your listeners.
0: Dr. Museneke, before, uh, or maybe let's maybe start off, uh, I guess, uh, with uh, a brief explanation of uh, uh, your own background uh, in this particular sector and, uh, uh, of course, uh, how, you, how it came to be that uh, the Property Sector Charter Council, which you lead, uh, came into being.
1: Yeah, no, no, thanks for the opportunity. So I'm a, uh, a bit of a wound-up story. I started off as a... As a dentist, so I qualified as a dentist, but I'm a very dangerous doctor at the moment.
0: <laughs> and then
1: I uh, moved from dentistry, then I joined the family business, which was getting bigger and bigger at the time. Spent a bit of time in the military, and then from there, yeah, I got my hands dirty in property as a property manager. Then we started investing in government-tenanted properties, and then ended up in the listed sector. Um, a few years later. So, yeah, 15, 16 years later, here we are with the confidence from the industry uh, following on to the footsteps of one Babu mm. Sol um to, yeah, appointed to uh, to head up such an important body uh, in our sector. So I'm, I'm very humbled by that and I I'm very proud to, to have had the confidence of the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and what's the function of this uh, particular council in the bigger scheme or in the big unfolding drama of transformation in this particular sector?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, maybe 10 years ago when it was established, it was really essentially to try and enhance transformation within the sector. And we thought that it would be useful for us to have a sector of our own instead of relying on the, on the generic codes of, of good practice because it was easier for us to govern ourselves, so to speak, if we had a charter of our own. So the Property Sector Charter Council's role, really, is to monitor and to make sure that we have the seamless transformation in the sector, uh, but also to make it meaningful so that there's participation and there's an equitable opportunity for, for society at large. And as you know, land is such a crucial um, property, such a crucial element in terms of our constitution. So it forms a very key role in trying to see how we can make that that environment equitable.
0: Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, when you take a look at the state of play in this particular sector, we do know that, you know, the property sector often moves, uh, as, as people often say, in toe step with the economy. If you're seeing uh, very subdued growth in the economy, uh, you tend to see much lower occupancy and, of course, uh, uh, some challenges, be it in the retail side uh, and even in the residential space. Uh, what What do you make of the state of play of transformation in this particular sector and, I guess, uh, the state of play of the sector as a whole?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, maybe the easier one is to start with the sector. I think it's a mm. difficult period we're going through. Uh, we had a 10-, 12-year run where... The listed and your non-listed sector in the country ran very well ahead of equities, ahead of uh, your government bonds. Um, you know, so for a while, property was the darling of the markets for for a very long period. But we're certainly struggling. Retail is under pressure, and we we're seeing the impacts of a, of a tough economy. So it's not all plain sailing. And you would have seen in the news a couple of our own own goals as a sector that also hurt us quite a bit. So so we're going through a bit of a patch, and I think. A bit of corporate governance and some introspection will do us good. Uh, but as far as transformation goes, I think you know it, it's it, it's a double-edged sword. So there's areas where we've done very well as a sector, uh, and in particular, it was the low-hanging fruit. You know, everybody ran for procurement and enterprise development, mm. and all the things that were easier to deal with. Uh, and strange enough, ownership was also achieved uh, well beyond targets as a sector. We did very well. As far as ownership goes, but yeah. the two areas where we have a big challenge is skills development and employment equity, mm, and mm. that's really where we think that uh, we need to find a a more rigorous solution in terms of trying to see how the sector can transform more females in the space, more people in senior executive roles, and having more people represent more black people being represented on the boards of of many of the companies. Um, so employment equity and skills are still struggling a bit, but we haven't done horribly. So as a sector, we, we sit between a level three and a level four uh, if you combine all the different entities in the sector. Uh, can it get better? The answer is yes. I think that's that's really my role at the moment is mm. to try and see how we can make it better and to try and facilitate all the players to play together. But those two areas are are still a problem.
0: Where do you see, um, you know, your particular sector and I guess the work that you have to undertake on behalf of the council here, uh, uh, how do you see that uh, alongside the uh, uh, growing calls for expropriation of land without uh, compensation and the tenor uh, that uh, the land debate has taken on?
1: Yeah, you know, I've always explained that land is a very emotional thing and in South Africa it's it's even worse so. You know, Mm. I think people have generational attachments to land And because it is such an emotive subject, it requires level heads when you deal with it. And I think as a country, we've we've got to that point where, you know, the the, the tools to implement what would be a fair outcome is there. Um, And in my view, certainly, I think something like the Property Sector Charter Council can facilitate a, you can never have a seamless environment when it comes to land because it's so emotional. But we, we're fortunate that we have a platform that can facilitate discussions. We have the research. We have the input that can help us to show the facts and put the facts on the table. And using facts and statistics, we're able to show people why is it still a problem in South Africa mm. and why it is so or so unequal. So we, 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 we do appreciate um, some of the aggression and the anger that sits out there in terms of People wanting to see change immediately, uh, but we still feel that there are there are ways and patterns that can be followed, and using a body such as the Property Sector Charter Council can assist with those uh, with those ownership patterns. Um, I can't give you a view in terms of whether we support expropriation or not because mm-hmm. I think sure. I would be I'll be going beyond my mandate as a council. But certainly at a personal level, I can tell you that you know if if we do nothing about it, it's going to hurt even more. Mm. And I do think that it needs to be addressed. I think the tools are there, but we're just not utilizing them properly and addressing the, the backlog and addressing the challenges. Mm. That's with it is.
0: Okay, Dr. Museneke, I'd like us to pause there for a second and uh, inviting you, uh, the listener, give us a ring on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. You might be a practitioner in the property space or somebody uh, who certainly felt uh, some form of alienation or an affinity uh, to the sector and uh, or have views on the state of uh, health of the particular sector or uh, the uh, transformation story and the prospects uh, for much uh, far-reaching transformation, let us know. Uh, give us a ring on 89 uh, 110 We'll continue our conversation on the other side of this. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback, like moon moonbags and even the greeting, who's it? That's why Hunters, uh, the original cider, is on a mission to refresh cool and bring back the old school. All you got to do is follow at Hunters Cider on Facebook, share throwbacks that deserve a comeback, and you could win some refreshing prizes. Hunters, refreshes like nothing on earth. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Eight minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour. I'm in conversation with uh, Dr. Sidise uh, Musineke. He's the uh, chairman of the Property Sector Charter Council. And uh, we're talking about the state of health of the sector. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, some of the uh, prospects uh, there for transformation. Now, uh, Dr. Musineke, one of the big issues here, uh, because this sector is certainly so intimately uh, tied to many of the other prospects of our economy is uh, the intimate tie between the construction sector and uh, in the development space and the property uh, sector and I would even say even some of the property management aspects and we know uh, that in instances where uh, there's a buoyant, uh, a buoyant uh, atmosphere and environment in the construction sector, uh, for Rand for Rand, we have a much li- higher likelihood of getting uh, many unskilled and semi-skilled people into work. Uh, how do you see that as part and parcel of your own mandate as a council uh, to continue to, uh, I guess, improve the prospects of construction and along with it uh, take on some of the jobs and uh, some of the uh, uh, production and output growth that's associated uh, with it in good times?
1: Yeah, I, a, I mean that's a very, that's a very good question. It sits at the heart of a thriving uh, property sector. Um, you know, people always try and separate construction from property, but, but in my view, the two are, are one and the other. You know, mm-hmm. if the construction sector hurts the way that it's going through now. We we certainly take a lot of pain from an investment side or the property management side and facilities. Without a viable construction sector, uh, we we suffer quite a bit. So. We've engaged in talks with the construction charter themselves to be able to see how is it that we can find a middle ground. <clears throat> Excuse me, that will help them and ourselves to get out of uh, the challenging phase that we're going through. And I think without the growth that comes from infrastructure and from construction in the country, uh, we, you know, we would easily lose even more jobs, and that will cause even more pain in the environment that we sit in. So the link is, is quite close between the two, and I think that the collaborative talks we're having at the moment are aiming at trying to see what is it that we can do to assist them because, you know, when they do well, then then we tend to perform. And I think the, the skills shortage that we spoke about earlier speaks to that factor as well. And one of the reasons we have focused on skills development as a charter is because we think if we can upskill a lot of our people then we can certainly help in terms of creating better opportunities between ourselves and the construction environment i think what is happening there is is unfortunate and and you know we're all hoping that there'll be a recovery which will assist in, in getting the sector back to where, where it ought to be. Mm. But, but when they hurt, uh, we certainly hurt ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we also know the other sector that's uh, intimately tied to the property sector is the uh, financial services sector broadly. Many of the banks and uh, many of the investment houses having some uh, property exposure in some form or the other. And uh, it's also been the one re- main reason why many young black property entrepreneurs have uh, found it difficult to break into the sector. Many of them uh, presenting, I guess, uh, that as a structural limitation to their involvement uh, in the sector. What is the nature of the dialogue that the Property Sector Charter Council is having uh, with uh, some of the industry bodies that represent those in the banking sector, such as the Banking Council? Uh, uh, the Banking Council.
1: Yeah, I mean, another good point. We so we have two work streams with them. One is at a Uh, institution to institution. So each of the five banks that fund uh, most of the developments and constructions that happen, we have one-on-ones with them. And we have seen a turn in the sense that a lot of them are now coming back with products that seek to address the challenge with young entrepreneurs or new entrants who are looking to come into the space. Um, There's another body in the industry, the South African Institute of Black Property Professionals. So between ourselves and them, um, and, and the listed sector, which is the SA REIT, we we're trying to encourage the financial uh, sector and 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 the banking council to come up with products which essentially meet what what would be the equity check that is required for young entrants to come in. Mm. Uh, property in its nature is is very capital intensive, and because of that nature, the barriers to entry are very very high. And as a sector, we've identified, and as a council, what we've done is that we've gone back to the banks and said to them. Can you create products which will be able to accommodate um, young black people to come into the sector and to be able to, do, uh, to be able to, you know, to, to be part of the, to join the table, so to speak? And, and we have seen a very positive feedback that has come through from the I moment. I just can't uh, mention banks uh, uh, by name as as, as I understand on your show, but certainly a lot of them have come back. they're putting products on the table, they're engaging with us. The pressures from the tenants is increasing. More tenants want to see more black landlords before they sign leases. Mm. So, so the ripple effect is such that we we all can't sit back. We all have to engage. And and certainly what I've seen in my last few months, the banks have come through
0: yeah. with
1: products which ought to be helping. And then of course, the state themselves have come through. Um, you know, you've got uh, funds which like tough, and you've got funds like Intoduka which are looking to help black entrants into particularly CBDs and uh, the residential market yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Let, let's talk, I mean, and unpack some of these issues here that, uh, around transformation. I mean, one of them is uh, really some of these, at uh, uh, least of all in the big malls that we're talking about here in uh, the retail space. Uh, uh, these, uh, um, you know, anchor tenant uh, agreements and exclusive lease agreements, which give uh, some of the anchor tenants all manner of power to determine uh, the tenant mix in many of these uh, malls. And uh, that does present at a macro level some challenges to uh, a competitive environment in the retail space and uh, really increases the barriers to entry for many retail players. How do we overcome that when we look at that alongside uh, many of these, I guess, tier two shopping centers or malls in even some of the suburban areas where you have very low occupancy rates, uh, very little footfall. And uh, you, you sometimes see this one anchor tenant uh, who's maybe one of the grocery retailers and anywhere and anything next to them is always empty. How do you overcome some of those issues uh, and uh, also try and match, I guess, some of the vacant property in the retail space with uh, uh, some of the retail uh, entrepreneurs who are up and coming?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the the conversation with, with the anchor tenants is is one that has come and gone and it has really it's even made its way to competition commission. Uh some of the organizations, the industry had to deal with that at that level. And I think it's it it, it it's good and bad in a sense that you need a good anchor to secure your space and to make your shopping centre viable. So nobody argues against that. But I think the point you are raising is what happens when it starts affecting your line shops and the mums and pops, as the industry likes to call them? So what we have done is that we've engaged uh, at, at two levels. The first level was at a township level. We're trying to see how do you incorporate the young entrepreneurs into shopping centers so that they can also become a part of the line shops that are around your, your, your anchor tenants. Mm. Uh, we, we're still a little bit far off from seeing the results that are coming through. But more and more landlords are starting to see value in, instead of leaving their shops vacant, in entertaining your local entrepreneurs by Mm. including them into that space, by either offering it at a lesser price or creating a rental um, structure that allows them to be able to build up over time so that they could also participate. Um, you know, in, in, in the sector as well. But I mean, in your
0: well, township even these area, pop-up area, arrangements, Adisa, you know, because I think that that's the other kind of flexibility that allows these uh, landlords to have. When they see that the footfall is up and the demand is back up, they can then say, look, uh, it was a pop-up arrangement, you managed to set up here and get exposure to some of the clients, um, and uh, we can then amicably part ways.
1: That's it. I mean, that's mm. exactly... I and mean, you would hope during that period that, the same entrepreneur has learned, has picked up their own skills, sure,
0: sure. they have moved
1: on, and uh, if, if they pop up, they can move to the next level, and if sure. not, they can start opening more and more chains, but I sure. think the, the integration of the two economies, so to speak, is very important in order to be able to give everybody an opportunity, and I think okay. if we ignore it, it's going to hurt, because your shopping mm. malls are going to be seen Sure as cannibalizing or taking away food from the table, mm. and then you're going to have this antagonistic environment. But if the two live side by side, you yeah. tend to have more results coming out of it.
0: Okay, Dr. Museneke, I would have loved for us to continue. I wanted to ask you some questions also about uh, Vukile as well, but unfortunately we have run out of time. Really appreciate that you could take time out of your evening to speak to us uh, this evening here on Metro FM Talk. Uh, Dr. Sidise Museneke is the Chairman of the Property Sector Charter Council and, of course, our first guest for our thought leader, Thur- Thursday. that being said pleasure to be've been with you uh, this week and uh, of course Metro FM talk is back with you next week unfortunately I will be away and I'll, uh, if you check out the timeline there on Twitter I'll let you know where I will be going but uh, I'll be back with you again uh, the following week it's been a pleasure to be with you Chola uh, now with was big thank you for putting together this great product have yourself a great evening. i ma Africa planet strength Kubani nina ngabano na bomu, ngamathole anyongande kuzela na ngabano na benzaga, ngabano na bakulange nembeka kastike chana vuga ni mlese na masiyo niseku lendoya itetwengu mangu chambas ngai susa na nina kasi banga le